Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 121. I'm your host, Klaus Nightbringer. Joining me today, we have Sarah Timono. Welcome, Sarah. How are you today? I'm still alive, somehow. Yay! And we have Talas Marvelous. What's going on, buddy? Whole lot of nothing, and I'm super okay with it. Yeah, lots and lots <laughs> of nothing. But, um... At least in my world, there's a, a slight bit of normalcy starting back. I was actually called back to my job, so I'm back to oh, work, kind of. Well, I am. It's just we're not open yet. We're getting a bunch of the behind-the-scenes stuff done, and I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning again. Gross. Yeah. It, for me, it's... Uh... But, I mean... Uh... On the plus side, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of structure back. So I guess I can't complain too much. I mean, you can always complain. Yeah, just nobody That's listens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and why complain if nobody's going to listen? I mean, there's then it's like you're just talking to a wall. Or you're like, like, you're like Talas or something. Yeah, I'm a wall. Wait. At least you're just, not just another brick in the wall. We don't need and demonetized. Yeah, no, I ruined it. It's ruined. Yeah. But like I said, day by day, things are starting to get a little bit better. Um, Though, a little bit of a note on uh, show-related news. Uh, starting with the next episode, we'll be returning back to our normal Saturday night schedule. So on May 30th, we will have episode 122. So we're back to Saturday nights, which would be kind of nice. Seeing as tomorrow morning, I have to be up at 4 and 30 in the morning. After getting <laughs> this done, I probably won't be going to bed till at least midnight. So, yeah. Yeah, getting yeah. back to that regular work schedule. Yeah. and Definitely worth it. Instead of 410s, I'm, I'm working 5.8s, so I have to drive every day to work. E. Mm. not ideal but again something is better than nothing yeah i mean like i said i'm not complaining too hard it's just getting used to change and change is always a thing and there's there's probably going to be a bit more of it before all is said and done yeah hopefully we get some positive change coming out i mean i've noticed a lot of states are relaxing a lot of their stay-at-home orders um some of them have been completely repealed and I feel sorry for those people. Other states are taking it slowly and hopefully with the right things happening, we can see some positive change and get into a little bit of normalcy. Yeah. The library has been working on its plan for what kind of services we can offer. uh, That would still like pretty much like a full reopening probably isn't happening until there's a vaccine available i love the little kids story time is fun oh my god they will not keep apart from each other no, absolutely not kids want i know for our for our state we have a mountain range that splits the east and west half of the state and the east half is a desert and the west half is wetlands and when i did a delivery to the eastern half of the state a couple of days ago 
I you know, had to stop and get gas, and I went to a grocery store to grab some snacks and whatnot, and there's nothing over there. There's no masks, there's no arrows, there's no one-way aisles, there's no six-foot tape markings on the ground. There's just nothing. There's absolutely nothing going on on the eastern half of the state. Western half of the state, people get violent if you're nearby and you're not wearing a mask or you're not wearing the gloves that they think you should be wearing. It's insane. It's so different. Well, the population so, density is very different as well between the two areas. Oh, yeah. Eastern, thing is we are going to have a fascinating controlled experiment. <laughs> Eastern Washington as a whole versus like King County as a whole. I think King County is still bigger. Like as far population as, wise. It's very possible. Well, I mean, that, King, King County, that's Seattle, Tacoma and all of the uh, surrounding um, areas, correct? No, it's just Seattle, and I mean, it basically is just Seattle at this point, and then all the little areas that used to be Seattle and incorporated sometime in the last 25 years. Mm. It doesn't have any... The next biggest city is in King County is, like, Bellevue. Like, it's not that big. Yeah, and the only big city outside of the... or on the eastern side is going to be Spokane. And that's... A four hour and 18 minute drive from Redmond. Because you know this because curious. you did this a couple of days ago. Ugh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to leave in the morning and then that didn't happen. And then late afternoon, they're like, hey, fun fact. I'm like, you guys suck. So I got home at 145 in the morning. But hey, you were like, driving and driving fun is fun. Ever fun. I mean, it was fun and I got to like learn all of the words to a bunch of Mariana's Trench songs while I was out there. So it worked out. Neat. <laughs> so um anything else you guys have been up to that's been interesting because i know you guys haven't been playing the game <laughs> uh, <laughs> well and we'll get into this more in the news too but i mean there's just been nothing going on we are realistically in the content drought right now um, and it's going to be longer than usual mm-hmm. well and it's not just I a mean, content like- drought it's a news drought for final fantasy 14 we have one piece of news to talk about I mean, quite frankly, looking over my activities of the past two weeks, I'm like, huh, that marks off a number of things on most depressive order checklists. Yeah. You should should talk to your therapist about that. Yeah, yeah. That's the plan. Also, Bannon literally just dead-ass texted me and was like, there's a million more people in King County than all of Eastern Washington. Holy shit. So thanks for the facts check, Bannon. I have no idea how many people are anywhere. Phoenix Show Radio, real. we have people who fact check for us. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, we, lo- we love our, our, our listening audience. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, come join us sometime live at twitch.tv slash Phoenix Down Radio. Like I said, next set or yeah, next Saturday the 30th would be a great time to do that. So the opportunity to to go back to the old old script we're live every other saturday night at twitch.tv slash phoenix down radio correct instead of these these temporary sundays where i was delivering pizzas on saturdays instead sundays bloody sundays did we release charmeleon again anyway moving on really yeah this is what you wanted actually no you Mm. there it is see I'm getting used to the locations of the new stuff on the board, so forgive me. I'm going to screw it up a lot. I'll have to, like, write it down. That that kind of defeats the purpose. It's very on brand for us. That's true. All right, let's get into some of that gaming community news. Talking about Final Fantasy XIV, our one piece of news is tomorrow starts the Moogle Treasure Trove Hunt for Law. Yes! 
Thank God. There is no law in this brave new world. What? I am the law. I don't have a soundbite for that, so I had to make it up. Rip. I like I like the Moogle treasure troves. They're fun. It, it's something to do, and it's going to be an extended period as well, because this is going until the start of 5.3, and since we're not getting that until almost July, yeah, we've got a month and a half of this. The uh, fact that they're also just like, here's, like, here's a way for you to engage with a bunch of specific content that has mm -hmm. bonuses, and the way that, like, when we came into Shadowbringers, we were like, Oh, wow. Crystal Tower is really important. I wonder if that's why they gave us a reason to do Crystal Tower for the last two months before this expansion. So every time the Moogle Treasure Trove comes out, I'm more interested in seeing what they are incentivizing so that we can see what's going to affect what we're doing next. Same, actually. Yeah, so I clicked, I put a link in the Twitch chat. So if you guys want to open that up, it'll show you exactly what uh, uh, is going to be giving what for uh, uh, rewards. Um, the new only new items that we're getting, um, are a Mamashiba neckerchief and a Kakirin earring. Uh, for those of you who have been having difficulty getting certain mounts, um, the Ixian Clarion. So if you've been having trouble with the Ixian Fate, um, yep. Demonic Lantern Whistle and the Reveling Kamui Fife. So you can get that uh, um, the Susano mount if you, instead of having to go in here. Let the revels begin! I don't know, I could go for some revels. Yeah. That sounds good. I think that soundbite is actually from uh, Team Fortress 2. Might be. But, but like, still. I'm looking at this, like, Orem Vale, Cutter's Cry, Sunken Temple of Quarn? I mean, the I haven't touched Quarn in years. Like, actual years. Yeah. But, It'll be interesting to go back in and see what we look like now. But Prey Prey is still going to be an amazing place to go. Always. Especially for me, since I'm uh, still working on leveling up a lot of jobs. I think I'm working on my monk now. I got to 51. So that's Plus that hot Nero action. Jesus, of course. It is Eorzea's greatest love story, and I will not hear anything against it. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. Damn right I am. Um, Sarah, uh, if I end up working at the dock worker position that I get, would you like me to look into mooring so that you could have somewhere to put your ship? <laughs> I mean, it's practically canon. Did you see that side story? Oh, it was no! filled with Do you know what else canon? with smoldering subtext. Do you know what else cannons do? Fire you to the sun. They sink ships. Moving on. <laughs> I'm a logger. I have a cannon stab. I don't know why. Like, it was like the worst thing to give me. So, yeah. Um, uh, Praetorium will give 10 tomes. Um, you, Castrum and Orban Monastery will give 7 tomes each. Uh, the, the Lighthouse will give 6. And if you uh, get stuck in Rabinaster, Orm Vale, or Hidden Gorge, you'll get 5 tomes. Cutter's so yeah, we four. Got... Please do Rabidaster. Please, someone, yeah, we got... anyone. We got the entire Return to Evil set there, so it looks mm -hmm. like especially given that that's needed for the uh, resistance weapon content. It's going to help people uh, looks with like those they really want to... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got a resistance weapon that instantly took me 
was 15 eye levels and five guaranteed melts like in one shot. It's like, right. oh, all right. They really want to make sure that we have our stuff together. Also, Bannon in the chat says the Hyperion is caught up on Sky Builder stuff. If that counts as news. No, because that's it's it's shit content. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I, I've expressed my opinion on, on Sky Builder's stuff right now. And it, yeah, your incorrect opinion. No. My correct opinion. Gone in there in ages. I went, I went in. I went in and like there was a quest available, but I couldn't find it. I didn't quite understand what I was missing. Uh, I'll check the require. I I'll check the requirements really fast on that. But yeah, one of the things they add is when all of the construction is complete, there's a little set of quests relating to the people that are moving in. Uh, I'll have to take okay. a peek at that. It's been a, a, about a week since I've been in there, and I did see houses. So I got to see this, what the small houses look like in a medium house. They haven't shown any of the mansions yet. Oh, seriously? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, like, the story stuff seems to be implying that this is a district for actual Ishgardians. Now, our houses may come a little bit later. Yeah. But I'm still thinking that this is going to end up being a housing district. Oh, yeah. Like the very, oh, I'm pretty sure it's showing us what the districts will look like. Can you imagine the, the, uh, the utter, uh, chaos that would ensue if they said, oh, yeah, thanks for building this, and we're not giving any more player housing? Actual. Are you right. sure there would be actual players sleeping in Shinjuku outside the building until they gave it to us? Yeah. It oh, would that would be a mess. Be, it would not be pretty. No. No, I haven't checked the Sky Builder stuff. Um, I think I have a couple of the tools, but not a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've got almost all the Dragon Sung tools at this point, so I've got almost all the uh, things you can buy with Scrip for to make the tools. I just haven't been uh, damned to actually make the items yet. One of gotcha. these days. One of these days. Like I said, I've been leveling three different jobs, so and 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 trying to keep capping on. Uh, on tomes because you got to keep and leveling up every or getting all the gear for all the leveled up jobs and trying to stay sane oh i, I do I, my I 12 deliveries a week and that has kept me very very full on crafting tomes i i i just you know i gave up on being sane a long time ago i turned a whole bunch of my leftover materials into yellow script items uh and stockpiled all the ones i would need like a month ago so I will say oh, that's this. Smart. I, I will say this. Um, if you're like me and have been hoarding the uh, um, the the uh, gathering items from Diadem, you know, to, to maybe that you were thinking you were going to craft them later on, either craft them now in the next couple of weeks or sell the items because once five point three comes, those items are going to be worthless. Like literally. Oh, the, dude, Diadem items drop in value very quickly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't it's going to be less than nothing. Frame, but given that they, I don't know the specific time frame for when they do it, but it's reasonable to think that they'll have the, hey, you can't use items from the previous phase, so you don't get to jumpstart on the next one. It's going to be start of 5.3. Then, yeah. So, like I said, either either use them now. Good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Or sell them right away. Just get rid of them because there's no, no sense hanging on to them. Otherwise, you're just going to be wasting space. But yeah, that's basically all there's been in, for Final Fantasy XIV news. Um, I mean, there's there are a couple of interviews out there, I'm sure. Um, 
But, I mean, this was the only article on the Lodestone that was new since the last episode two weeks ago. Ooh. But I'm, I am excited to, to, to start getting the tomes, and, and I don't know what I'm going to get with those tomes, because the only things that I need are, like, the, uh, the glamour stuff. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what of the things I act. Uh, no, I have all the triple triad cards. Mm-hmm. You have the now, Calca I and Brina minions. I, huh? You have the Calca and Brina minions. I don't. I may go for those. I've never <laughs> like. I barely even see them drop. But I remember the last event. Uh, I had like I spent. God, what's his name? The guy. I spent like. Four hours the night before grinding on Triple Triad for a Hancock card. And then they <laughs> added it as one of the prizes. Sucks to be you. How does that make you feel, Sarah? Tell us yeah. honestly. Don't hold back. I mean, Open I got, up. I got the Hancock card, so on a certain level, I'm like, whatever. I got to take care of. I don't have to farm shit. This is fine. Fair True. enough. But there was a little bit of, I could have slept at a reasonable time. Sleep is for the week. Huh. I must be so strong. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's jump into some Final Fantasy 11 news. Yeah, we're going to talk about 11. Wait, what? What year is it? It's 2020. And Final Fantasy 11 is 18 years old this week. Happy oh, yeah. birthday, old game. All of those jailbait protagonists are finally legal. Wait, what? Dude, it's like a formulaic structure of FF11. Every expansion, you meet your perky jailbait character. You go on. Like, Adeline at least uh, had the thing where you could say, yeah, I'm just staring at their chest. It didn't pretend. Phoenix Down Radio does not condone anything that Sarah's saying. I mean, that's generally true. I don't know why you feel the need to call it out this time. Because I'm protecting Sound radio my and ass, okay? are totally responsible for its content. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, someone back me up here. FF11 always has, like, the perky jailbait character. SE, please don't sue us. Uh, it's literary analysis. It's protected speech. SE, please don't sue us. have a good time with that. <laughs> We're going to move on talking about a game that we played 20 years ago. <laughs> All right, so I, I posted a um, an article from Gamerscape talking about the uh, um, the, the May update. Um, there was supposed to have been a Vaniversary event, but uh, due to uh, world events, has been postponed. I'm sure they'll try to figure out something they can do at some point for it. Yep, there there they are there are plans to actually reintroduce the event at a later date, but. Um, what they do still have going on is a return to Van and Deal campaign. Uh, from now until uh, May 25th, if you have not subscribed to the game in a while, you can actually sign into your character and uh, see what's going on in the game. Um, I probably won't sign do that. in, update, figure out how the UI works again because it's mm -hmm. been 10 years. And then you're on May oh, 24. The UI is going to kill me. I mean, just just to update the game is going to take until May 23rd. Yeah. God. It's just part of me still wants even to, with though. fast internet. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I, if just not to, if not only just to see how fast it runs on my new laptop. 
Oh, did that finally show up? Yes, I did actually get that this week. Sweet. Woo! The, at the same time as I got my Go XLR. I should You've have got talked all about kinds that. of toys. I should have talked about that at the top of the episode, huh? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think anybody cared because I mean it's just like stuff I talk about on on the on the uh, the daily streams. But I suppose yeah, it's not everybody ch- who listens to the podcast uh, tunes into the daily streams. So yeah, I you bought- got your new toys and then you had to go back to work. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, I mean I, I ordered the new toys, saw them coming in, got a call, you know, about a, twelve hours later saying, "Hey, you're, com- you're coming back to work." Shit. So. Yeah. I did take Tuesday off so I could make sure to be here for the deliveries because I'm not going to let, you know, that much uh, um, technology sit on my doorstep while I'm at work. Yeah. Plus, I wanted to play with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, no, um, for those of you who don't know what a Go XLR is, it's a, uh, a fabulous little uh, uh, streaming tool. Um, it's currently replacing my mixing board. It's got its own little sliders. It's got a, uh, sample pad. It's got some effects. Um, like I can sound like a squirrel if I want to. Dude, seriously, that whole foamy filter <laughs> needs to just die in a fire. I, I love the foamy filter. What the fuck are you talking no! about? No! Oh, God. It sounds wrong. some cream cheese. Everything about this is terrible. <laughs> is this punishment for all the things I did? Yes. This is oh. divine punishment <laughs> from above. Okay, that's actually kind of fair then. I deserve this. <laughs> and yes, Bannon, honestly, here's the problem. If we tried to teach Dexie to use this board, I don't know what she would do because I don't think her brain would operate in the correct direction long enough for her to learn how to use the board. This Our friend Dexy is very squirrel centric. Yeah, that's true. Here. This is a fun filter, though. It makes you sound like you're on a radio. If if we want to bring our our podcast back a few decades, wait, can I get you? To, I need you to. I need you to say a couple of words under that filter for me. <sighs> oh dear! I know where we're going with this. How long did it take for this to become about porn? It's not about porn. Oh, what are you even doing then? Four words. Go for it. War. War never changes. War. War never changes. There we go. Cool. I'm happy. I'm out. My day is made. That was good. Exactly. (laughs) And Klaus, I need to roll back a statement I made offline. I do like some PC games. Fallout 2 was freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but yeah, it, that it, it's got that. And like I said, I've got three different pads of things. I mean, I have a pad dedicated strictly to a few moments later, all the, <laughs> all the way through one eternity later. I don't There's... talk that much. Oh, wait. Yeah. Plus, if it gets too bad, I can start all the time. Not so for nothing, on. Sarah, but with the your pants on Lords of Verminion. Well, <laughs> not well if you go <laughs> and then, then you go <laughs> There we go. Or if things get too bad, I can go <laughs> I don't know that they're using that one yet. You might need to switch to CQD. For God's sake. More Let's deal with this every two so, weeks. Just anyway, throw that out there. Just throw, uh, but what I want to just throw out there real quick, um, 
If the audio quality has changed, please let us know. Email podcast at phoenixradio.com. Hit us up on Twitter at PHXDN Radio. Tell me what you think of, of the setup because I want to make sure that the quality is is still as, as high as we can get it for you guys because I'm still tweaking and, and working with all of this. I want to make sure it still sounds the best it can. So let us know if, if it's an improvement, if we need to make changes. Like when I first got the mic, you know, there was a long process to try and make that work properly. I think we're at a good place, so but I, I want to hear from you guys. So let us know. You heard it here first. Klaus will keep tweaking until he's happy with it. Oh my. So and then the other piece of equipment that I got is I actually bought a new laptop. With the newest Ryzen 4000 processor. Shiny. I don't don't know what that is, but it sounds good. It's really actually freaking amazing. It's, it's fast. It's, uh, it's eight core, 16 threads. It's, it just chews through data. It's really nice. It's so hyper threading is still a thing. Yes. Well, it's not. Okay. AMD doesn't call it hyper-threading, they call it, uh, um, something else, um... Okay. But it's hyper-threading. Yeah, it's, it's multi, multi, multi-threaded. Okay. The last PC I built, I think, was... I think it was... Pentium 4, something like that, it was a while ago. When hyper-threading first came out? Yeah. When it was a big deal, Pentium 4, with hyper-threading. And it was like, cool, does that mean you need a better fan? Because, like, <laughs> generally that's what that means. I really want to make a joke about, like, Egyptian cotton here. Is it the what, fabric like of your life? thousand thread count? Exactly! Hyper-threading. I hate you. Yeah, that's deserved. <laughs> <sighs> Not really. <laughs> anyway, anyway the other thing we, I we've think, talked about toys for a while no, what's wh- next wh- on our list one of more stuff? thing it also has an rtx 2060 in it so i don't it, know what those letters mean it means it can do ray tracing i sure rtx yes. equals good i mean serious. good there we go so yeah anyway okay that's i suppose that's enough of me talking about the toys that i got this last week so I mean, I'm glad that you have things you like. Well, th- this coming from the guy who has like no things. Well, except for I remember you telling me that you started ordering a whole bunch of uh, Matchbox cars. I wheels. did. I did. I've ordered three Matchbox cars and I bought a base. So he tripled his uh, his worldly possessions. I also bought a pair of headlights and returned them and bought another pair of headlights. But that goes in your car. So then that that still only counts as one. Does that 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 works? Because, dude, I got some bad news. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a lot of things. They're all in the car. Oh, then you only have one thing, so you're good. I feel like we kind of got a ship of Theseus thing going here. Well, see, I have one house, so I only have one thing. It's just full of stuff, but it's only (laughs) one thing. Because, like, otherwise, I have two rotors, two sets of brake pads, so that's six things. Don't forget all the different fuses and the cup holders. What's a cup holder? It's the thing you put your sodas in. What's a cup holder? He he has cars before they had cup holders. No, I have cars that go fast, so they don't have cup holders. Oh. But the Corolla does. The Corolla does, to be fair. The MR2 did not. Where do you put your sodas? 
you're going too fast, you don't have time. Okay, continuing on with the Final Fantasy XI news now. <laughs> okay. Not, not that I don't want to talk about cars, but just this isn't car talk, alright? Yeah, neither of us has an annoying enough voice for that. I've tried. Sorry, man. Is this annoying enough for you? Sweet Jesus, why? <laughs> it is annoying, but it's the wrong kind of annoying. <laughs> Alright, so, um... We talked about May 16th marking the 18th anniversary of Final Fantasy XI. Um, mm -hmm. This last bit of information that, that we found, um, apparently there were a number of images leaked from the, uh, uh, the remake. Possibly. Um, the I mean, probably, yes. The fact, but until it's like a... The fact that they were ordered to be taken down by a DMCA a request from Nexon... Yeah, basically it's not confirms proof, it. but it's very, very strong circumstantial evidence. Like it's not proven, but I would put money on it. If you want to make the the if you want to ascertain uh, for yourself, um, thank God for the uh, the Internet Archive. <laughs> they were able to uh, pull some of the or archive some of the information before it was uh, pulled down. And if you want to take a look at that, I did link to the, the Wayback Machine, so you can go take a look. And oh my god, it looks really good. Not gonna lie, I got some feels just from looking at him. I did too. The, I was like, I'm very happy. The skinning and uh, uh, amount of uh, graphics, graphical improvements, I mean, it's on the level of 14 or better. I mean, the, th the thing that really struck me about it is, remember when we talked before about how with this FF7 remake, how it looked like what my memories are? Yeah, this is yes. this is what I remember this... in my head Saruta Baruta looking like. Yeah, looking at the actual pictures like, oh, yeah, I guess it was that. But my brain has this like, oh, there was a thing and there was this thing of water over there. And my brain has kind of upgraded to that. And this is, again, matching. So, yep. so yeah, I got kind of the same feeling of, this is what my brain remembers, even though I know it's not a true memory. Now I have some, uh, I think it's the Selbina music in my head. Okay. We get it. Hey, who else sat in there forever waiting for a Valkyrm party? Or just waiting for the boat? Possibly. Oh god, no waiting for boats. <laughs> no. Every time I see water in 14 for the first little bit there, I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> I was like, every time there was like this moment of terror that my heart started to seize. What, you didn't want the I pirates or the sea horror to come get you? Not particularly, no. Here we are. Summon your small shell minion. The mere sight of this wee wavekin may cause severe psychological trauma to those who spent years of their lives on faraway shores calling his relatives. <laughs> is that an 11? Or is that a 14 minion? Yeah. Yes. Uh, check your inventory for a small shell. Hang on. There's a good chance you have it and just forgot about it. There's an extremely good chance. I went minion collecting for like a couple of months. Yeah, and I mean, just then, yeah, you almost certainly have it. It's an easy one to get. Yeah, isn't it the one from uh, uh, the fade outside of Costa? I think so. It's not lupus. That's a good one. I think that's where it's from. I don't have that one. Well, you bet. You better go to to Costa and and wait for that fate to pop. Here, I'll take a picture and put it in the uh, 
Discord just so you can see it. All right. You said small shells. What's called or soft shell? Small, small shell. One word. And it, it, it's it's a little, a little blue uh, uh, snipper or clipper actually. Mm. Snipper's the other crab. Mm. Mm. I think. There you go. You have a picture. Appreciate you, buddy. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and there's that psychological trauma. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, Final Fantasy XI, the game that traumatized us all, and we can barely talk about it playing playable again because it traumatized us all. Yeah, we still look at fondly through rose-colored glasses. You have rose-colored glasses? Mine are, like, crimson at this point. <laughs> Good times. You control it with the 10 key. Okay, let's do this. I mean, it was a game you could you could play entirely on the keyboard, which was nice. It was that was a very cool thing. I I did like that more than having to try to use mouse and keyboard simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Always had keyboard control. Yep. Also, the Mog House for storage was rad. I will take that back yeah. every day of the week. And the fact that every player had housing. Every player had how at instant, instant customizable, housing. usable. Though only the inside. I am okay with that. Well, yeah. until you got your island. Which I never really played uh, with. I spent so much time in my Mog Garden. So much time. Like I said, the only thing that I remember, like I said, Mog, the Mog Island came later um, after I had already left, so I have very little experience with it, but I spent a lot of time uh, growing things like crystals and things like that in the pots. Yep. Oh, man. Housing okay, like I'm gonna read. I missed that. So Sarah's gonna download 11 and play that for the next few days, apparently. <laughs> well, I know Nicknar has actually been uh, spending a lot of time in 11, so. I lost a couple people in FFTCG to playing 11 for a while. I was like, why? And they're like, go to Ashura. There's a crap load of US English speaking players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's basically the, the server that people are on. I think Nicknar's on Ashura as well. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, I was on more mergers. I'm still on Carbuncle. I I don't remember where I was. I'm I was like I said. I was originally a Midgard Stormer, which got uh, absorbed into Quetzalcoatl, and then I moved to Behemoth when I started uh, fourteen. But then you went back, and all your link pearls were busted, so you can't find anything anyway. Well, I, they were all <laughs> they were all busted when I went back before uh, fourteen came out. Well, actually, shortly yeah, but before uh, ARR came out, I should say because um. I tried to go back afterwards, yeah, or it might have even been before then, so I don't remember when all the server mergers were, because I would take three-month breaks. Yep. Like what a lot of people do in this game, but uh, you didn't have to worry about signing in every 45 days and losing your house otherwise. Though there was all this... Oh, God. Remember how with Chocobo raising, you could do one thing wrong and two months' worth of work would be wiped out? That's why I stopped doing it. Yep. Yeah, that was bad. I they fixed none of it, that. I believe. So, well, they had to. It was unplayable. And I tried really hard to raise chocobos until oh, I made until I missed one day. Yeah, that that was adorable. But like I said, until I messed up and 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 lost, you know, a whole bunch of work. It's like, yeah, no, I think I'll pass. God, Klaus, do you know Especially how good it's like a chocobo digging? Accident. You, you were talking over each other. Sorry. So, 
who's saying what? Go ahead. It's all good. No, I don't even remember anymore. Do you know how good I was at chocobo digging? I was like, I had uh, like almost no input delay, and I think I was down to like 15 seconds of zone delay. Hmm. I was very high-ranked chocobo digging, and even then it was a total crapshoot. I did it a few times. Oh god, I remember seeing something where apparently someone uh, put incorrect inf- but difficult to verify information on one of the wikis because they didn't want people horning in on chocobo digging. Yeah. People are terrible. Yeah, I was just showing uh, to Anonymous about the food descriptions, how they change them so it actually shows what the food stats do now. That would be helpful. Yeah, no, like years of, okay, let's test this. Let's swap out the gear. Okay, we think this is a 10% attack increase. What's the accuracy boost? We don't know. Time for hours upon hours of parsing to get an (laughs) estimate. So, okay, imagine that, but you got paid minimum wage for it. That's working at Nintendo. Just throwing that out there. Oh, God, Nintendo sounds horrible. Why Why does anyone work there? Uh, I don't anymore. It's... Right. Yeah, yeah, but you're not everyone. Unless you are. Is there some kind of weird reverse solipsism thing going on here? Uh, uh hey, what is next Wake on our notes, now. by the way? Wake up! Alright, let's go ahead and continue on, because that's basically... But I'm fucking with his head! That's No, there's a fish in a fish tank with a creepy human smile. I want to get out. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's really... The majority of Final Fantasy news for this last two weeks. Um, I did That's try the and... shortest news we've had like ever, and we and we still ended up uh, stretching it out for about uh, twenty five minutes or so. Well, I mean, we still did best. all of our customary verbal shit posting. Yeah, that's true. Though I did uh, try and look for some like news on Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake. Um, the biggest news thing they're talking about is the fact that there's no uh, idea as to when Part Two is coming out. Duh. I mean, we're, we're probably at least three years out. But um, also, years. well, I mean, if you think about it, uh, it was announced in 2015. There was two years of development uh, that happened at a, uh, a third party company and that they basically scrapped all of and brought it back in house, which was 2017. And the game was released yeah. in 2020. So three years, yeah. Though I, I, I could, I could imagine they do some parts of this faster now because they have already created a lot of the base work. So I mean, there is the potential we could get something in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, but to be safe, let's figure twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean that's just people speculating because they have nothing else to talk about right now because there's no fucking news because we're all fucking stuck at home because of some goddamn virus. Breathe. Tell us how you really feel. Oh. There, is that better? Hang on, Klaus. Yeah? I did get this leak. Okay, let me take a peek at that. Sorry, that page doesn't exist. Wow. Okay. I mean... Hang on, I gotcha. I did read a couple of articles from CBR.com saying why Cloud shouldn't uh, date Tifa or Aerith, and that Tifa and Aerith should be uh, dating each other. Is that interesting? Sure. Works for me. <laughs> I didn't think it was quote-unquote newsworthy, but um, 
you know, it, you know, sometimes. I mean, you can take your shipping however you want, but I I will say that. Well, that and I will that also say gold plate. Uh, to be taking by Zach. Of course. Too soon, sir. Here we are. I found the image. Oh, <laughs> oh God damn it. I, I want that in my life. You know that you need to give it to the uh, people watching. Well, you can do the same. Okay. You can have I just paste the image? In yes. No, yes. You, you, you have to. It yes. has to be a link. Okay. Yes. This is fixable. Yeah, you have to. It, you can post right, the link. Don't mind into us the, as we as we actually start shit posting. Hang on. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. There we are. Scenes uh, from the ending of part two. <laughs> That's if you only pay the fifty dollar uh, DLC fee. And this is what Sarah wants. <laughs> the ship. Sh it's the ship that's shipping the shipping ships. If anybody has seen that, just have fun. All right. Either click on the link in the chat or find it on your own. All right. I think we're done ship posting. <laughs> ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. All right, then. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our discussion topic. Um, a few episodes ago, we had uh, thrown out the idea of, you know, having a, a discussion on the music of Final Fantasy. You know, we every Monday we do a Final Fantasy Music Monday where we play a whole bunch of different songs from various Final Fantasy games, whether it's directly from the game, if it's a, uh, a fan rendition, you know, whatever. Stuff we find out on YouTube and, and, and share with everybody. Well, we decided to go ahead with that, and this week we're going to do um, the prelude to our uh our our um this as our topic clever i like it was it though was it i, I like it i mean it, it it works better in my head a lot of things do class yeah a lot of things do you're where's the button you are technically correct you are technically correct the best kind of correct. It didn't let me stop it like i wanted also, it to feels uncharacteristically mean for me i feel bad about that no you don't I do a little bit. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I do. Anyway. I have feelings. That's def anyway, moving on. <laughs> so anyways, music. Music. Um so basically this week I'd like to uh talk about what makes Final Fantasy music so iconic. Um in future, you know, episodes we will delve deeper into maybe a specific game. And talk about uh, the music that comes from that but for this week let's go ahead and just do an overarching uh, view as to Final Fantasy music in general why it's Final Fantasy music and um, how that makes us feel really as as players who've been uh, experiencing this franchise for 30 plus years now yeah you've got some iconic pieces that kind of uh, like Leap motifs, so recurring bits throughout the series that kind of just scream, okay, this is a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Number one being, of course, the prelude. Yep. It's a very classic piece. It's pretty easy to play on piano. Like, it feels like a, you could just get a harp and do some basic strumming and you're halfway there. I don't actually know. I've never played a harp. I may be completely wrong on this, but it feels like that. 
I used to be able to play on Ocarina. That was confusing as shit for people. <laughs> to be playing Prelude on an Ocarina. Yeah. So what it's I, the Zelda Final Fantasy crossover we never knew we needed. You're not wrong. But in, in the chat, I posted a, a video to a, uh, a YouTube um, medley of different Prelude versions from all the different games. At least all the, the, the mainline games. Now, there's a funny little story that comes with the Prelude. This was like the last piece of uh, music that Uematsu-san had uh, penned for the original Final Fantasy game. They needed something to kind of start it, but he could not come up with anything. And the prelude was basically written in about five minutes. And he was never really... um, He never felt that it was good enough. He always thought he could do so much more. But the executives loved it so much that it's it, they, they said, no, leave it. We want that. And there has been a version of the prelude in every Final Fantasy game since. And if you- that's yeah. how this stuff happens is you make something by accident or like on a whim, just a shot from the hip. And then that's the thing that people attach themselves mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I think uh, I saw something. He thought of it as kind of like a placeholder. Mm hmm. He just like, okay, this will have something in there, and I'll come back and fill that in with something proper uh, once I finish this other bit. I mean, it's and just like, a, yeah, that's good, that's good. It's a simple arpeggio, but it's it's just mm-hmm. the, the tone that it has. Um, it's just I'll play the, the beginning of it from the first, um, the original Final Fantasy here. Wait, hold on, I don't think it went, that's not going through the uh, I can make it go through to this, the uh podcast in two seconds here we go let's try that one more time nope still not well i was gonna say i could hear it but that's probably not working i can make it go through oh because i didn't hit that button now we can make it go through we'll get there and it's slowly ramping up yeah. I mean, it's just a scale going up and down, but the ethereal sound that it has is just something that is just, it resonates with all of us. And then it gets into the, the, the whole, um, I hear the menu sounds of selecting link, response link, rate link, and... Link. Classes and naming my four my four characters. <laughs> I hear that sound in my head. But no, I mean it's it's just become an iconic piece. And I mean, if you if you go and um, search YouTube for like fan variants of the Prelude, people have come up with some amazing, There's... amazing renditions, and it's it's beautiful. To listen to there are many harp versions. I mean, if you've ever search for those oh so good there's hundreds of thousands of versions of it and most of them are incredible Mm -hmm. because of the fact that it's so simple you can do so much with it where it's really it's really complex you have to do things a very specific way when you're performing it when you're building it when you have layers when you have an 8-bit piece of hardware that can only do so many tones and you only have so much memory space, there's only so much you can do for music. 
So it had to be simplified. And then as it's grown and evolved, it still maintains, like you said, that ethereal feeling of the first time you hear it. Mm-hmm. And then another. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Sarah. Go ahead. I'm reminded of actually a video I saw talking about. Uh, so in uh, library education stuff, there's a whole question of STEM, uh, like this science, technology, engineering, math education. And there's mm-hmm. been a movement to add an A to uh, bring in art. And I often hear people talk about, oh, well, why are you bringing all this other unrelated stuff? But one of the things that uh, I saw as a response to it was talking about looking at something like those musical pieces or looking at some of the old style graphics where it's like there's actually amazing technical limitations that they're working under. But having a good understanding of art gives them diff- a good idea of what they can do with this, how they can uh, take advantage of different properties, different tricks, how the various bits will put together so that your eye or your ear will process it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so saying, hey, there's this place for this for this understanding of art in making this, that having that fused with the tech, uh, with the grasp of the technology lets you make some things that you wouldn't have been wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Definitely. Focusing on the musical thing today, but, you know, looking at the artistic reasons that we have so many weird things, especially in like the NES era, Mario's mustache, art limitation, Mega Man being blue, art limitation. Uh, palette swaps for Final Fantasy monsters. Art limitation. That's all they were, and yet now it's we're so well known for those things. Yeah, you kind of like okay, this is what I have to work with can make in that limitation. And it starts to develop its own aesthetic. Yeah. It does. It's the uh, limitation breeds creativity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alright, so I would say Prelude is probably one of the number one songs that people think of when they think of Final Fantasy. But there is always, you know, this amazing piece of uh, music as well. Give it a second here. Come on. Come on, YouTube. Lampshading. I just stuck my fist in the air. Did everybody else stick their fist in the air? <laughs> no, but I was kind of doing like a little bouncing thing. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I was, but I mean, it, that little ditty right there has spawned. I mean, look where we've gone with that. Oh, God. Hearing those side by side was incredibly weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's 30 years right there of, of, of the victory theme. Every single Final Fantasy game, except for 13, uses that victory theme. So every single Final Fantasy game. (laughs) You deserve this too. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. Hey, I will rip on games that I love. (laughs) No, I... We don't actually need to go down that road, but I want to launch an objection. No. Overruled. Oh. Um, the victory theme. I mean, when I played eleven, I mean that was you know every time you leveled up, you would hear that in the background. Um, I I could not resist humming along to it just now. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 in our heads. I mean, when we hear that, it's like da 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 da. da. Well, like was it uh, um Prompto in 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 fifteen does that 
Yeah, or uh, I think random. in Advent, in Advent, children at Tifa's ringtone. So after a fight, it starts going off. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the actual uh, um yeah the 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 Final Fantasy VII version of it. The- it was like Tifa fights. I think it was it Reno or Rude in the uh, in the church, and then after the fight, her phone goes off, and it's the it's the fanfare. I want to say it was uh, because oh no, I no. it was one of the weird guys. Yeah, someone doesn't matter because it was a martial arts thing, and you know that Rude wouldn't fight Tifa. Yeah, it was it the one with the f- the, the um, electric fists. Probably. The, the I remember it was like the martial artist fight. The, the big guy, yeah. Yep. It was the bigger of the three. He kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, Gladio from 15. Hmm. Now that I think about it. Anyway. So, yeah, like I said, the victory theme, you know, anytime you win a battle, you would hear that. Anytime you level up in the MMOs, you would hear that. Uh, like I said, unless you're playing uh, thir- uh, 13, but... um we won't go clearing there. a dungeon in 14. Yeah, uh, clearing dungeons. I think 12 did it at like boss fights and like chapter ends and stuff. Yep. Yeah, like really significant boss fights. Yep. And they all had a revision of it. So it's just one of those things that stuck out as well. Yeah, um, like the bit that came after uh, could change up a little bit, but there was always yep. that first fanfare bit. There was always the da 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 da. Um, and then there's always, you know, the, most people think of the prelude when they think of a Final Fantasy theme, but there actually was a specific theme that went with Final Fantasy as well. Yep. It's just lovely to hear this. You know, this was the spot where you start crossing that bridge after uh, saving Princess Sarah. And then you're going off to your next um, adventure, and it, the world opens up to you. Yep. Where you first beat Sarah. No. You, you first beat Garland. Yep. You there beat we go. Sarah. You go back to the castle. I mean, you talk it, to a bunch it, of NPCs. You're it, like, I guess I'm level three, and I have some weapons and a couple of spells. There's a bridge. Let's go. And you have no idea what's about to happen. Because if you're beating Sarah, that makes us a very different game and a totally different genre. And it's something that I really don't feel comfortable talking about, okay? True. So anyways, <laughs> uh, Spender has said on multiple occasions that if he ever ended up like owning or ruling some small island nation that he would use that music for the national anthem it might sound a little (laughs) bit like this this is from the part from 15 now just imagine those two back to back Again, a nice. I do not remember hearing this. It's been so long. It's the same song. Yeah. It just has yeah. such a different feeling to it. But at the same time, like you can, you can recognize the DNA of it. And and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But. It's it's iconic Final Fantasy. You hear that song, you know, oh my god, Final Fantasy. You you know that. It, and it's just like, yeah. wow. Like, it evokes an emotional response. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, you want to talk about an emotional response. When I hear these songs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is a fun emotional response. 
This is where I'm doing the silly dance in my seat. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love chocobos? Now we got Final Fantasy 3. How about a little bit of... Little Final Fantasy 11. Or Final Fantasy 12. A very different sound, but still very chocobo. It There's is, so many cool chocobo pieces, and I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but uh, there's a specific performance of chocobo music that always comes up whenever I think of chocobos. Yeah, it's something where uh, more than the other ones, the chocobo music is the one I've seen in a lot of different styles. Uh, I just... I'll go ahead and throw a link in the chat to FF Record Keeper did a ska remix of the Chocobo theme. I mean, it sounds something yep. like this. I am not here. I'm not hearing nothing. Oh. Oh, it's going out over the stream. The stream got oh, okay. it at least, so I, I didn't have Good. something wasn't set quite yeah. right, but um. Yeah, it's fine. As long as you guys can hear it, that's what matters. <laughs> but like t uh, classical versions, techno versions, rock versions, the surf version. Mambo. Well, our our first starting our opening theme was um uh um electric day chocobo. You know this the surfer style one. I wonder if they've done a country version. <laughs> Probably. There's been Brass Day Chocobo. There's been um, it, it, just a lot of different versions of the Chocobo song that have gone out there. there there's Crazy Chocobo that starts out with the uh, the Chocobo. And then it goes really metal. Oh, I found a bluegrass version. <laughs> as good as you're going to get, I think. Well, yeah. I don't know if you got here. Let me see if I can uh, get it so you guys can... Uh, Hear it too. I don't think so, unfortunately. But we'll at least get it for the people out on the podcast. If it ever starts. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Yeah, the sheer breadth of styles on the Chocobo music is what gets me. How it seems to be adaptable to so many different... Yeah. <sighs> it, it, it lends itself to many different styles, and I think that's one of the, the great things about it. I mean, I think it, the Chocobo theme, I think, is my favorite overall. Just it's because a very good... It's a song with very good staying power. Because it has every version, so many different styles and 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 versions. I think that's you you get different feelings from it. So, well, actually, you know, if you think about it, the, the the racing ones are kind of the uh, have that whole bluegrass feeling too. The racing in in fourteen has that style. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So and then the other creature theme that that uh, we've had for quite a while. Everybody's uh, favorite little winged. Palm headed. Do 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 do
which this did not start until Final Fantasy V. Even though Moogles were in the game in Final Fantasy III, they didn't get their own theme until then. Now, the Moogles are kind of interesting in that while the Chocobo seems to adapt itself to the thing, the Moogle one seems like it stays similar no matter where you are. Yeah. I wonder if that's supposed to be kind of a little bit of like the otherworldliness of the Moogle. I mean, if, if you think about it and, we, and you look at the, the version in Final Fantasy XIV, um, let's see if I can queue it up here properly. Give me a second here. <laughs> the middle bits in the Good King Mogomog. Yep. Let's put it in a minor key. Where it always is creepy. That's just a music thing. Minor key equals yep. creepy. But it, it's still, you know, it's still 100% the Moogle theme. Oh, yeah. It is. And it, it, it's just, it, it, it just gives you the kind of happy little th thought that's like, ooh, Moogles. Or if you've ever been to a distant world, or, or uh, no, not a distant world, a, a new world Final Fantasy concert, they actually have a, a Moogle um, medley that they play during that, which is a lot of fun. I was actually that was the thing I was going to mention is when we got to concerts was they always have a medley. Yep. The, because there's so many different Moogle versions. Yeah, and I believe a distant world has a Chocobo medley that goes with theirs. Yeah, I think so that sounds right. So yeah, those are some I'm, of the recurring themes that we get a lot within uh, the Final Fantasy games. If you look at the battle themes for the first five or six games, they have a lot of similarities too, but they really vary after that. So I didn't include that one necessarily, but... Yeah, I don't think the first one even had a difference between the regular fights and the boss fights. I think there was there was actually a boss fight battle uh, sound. Mm hmm for the major bosses like i mean when, you, when you're talking about like the fiends and chaos okay but like other stuff that would reasonably be concerned like a lot of stuff that i might be like okay we want to use some kind of boss theme it's the culminating thing of this dungeon it's like nope same as normal yeah i mean when again it was a, a thing with limitations you know they didn't oh, yeah. have the space available to put that many little midi tracks within well, a game I'll i think they were probably still working out like a lot of those conventions hadn't really been defined yet true and I think once you hit the uh, the the Super Famicom or Super Nintendo days, um, they had a little bit more room to work with, and then you got more themes, more um, palette does more more character designs and the the specific sprites. So I think right. they were able to expand it a lot when they went from the eight bit to the sixteen bit era. So let's hmm. talk about the people who've created these masterpieces. Well, I think there's one name that everybody knows about when, when you're talking about Final Fantasy. When you talk about the music, you talk about Soken. I mean, Uematsu. <laughs> <laughs> if you play I mean, Final I'm willing to say all sorts of controversial things here, but let's go ahead and focus on Uematsu for I mean, the moment. I mean, okay, yeah. if, if you're only familiar with Final Fantasy XIV, Masayoshi Soken is the name that you're thinking of. And he's, he's yeah. great. And there's a couple other really good names. Like, I don't think Uematsu should be the sole name, but yep. he definitely wants to be one of the ones you're talking about if you're talking about this. But the godfather of Final Fantasy music is, without a doubt, Nobuo Uematsu. I mean, dude's still at it, isn't he? Uh, yes, he he is recovering. Uh, he's much better than when he when he got sick back in 2018. He's not working full time like he was before. He's taking a little bit more time off, but 
he is still creating music for Final Fantasy. Um, but from 1986 until 2000, he was the one who created all the songs. He was solely responsible for the music of Final Fantasy 1 through Final Fantasy 9. That's so incredibly wild. Mm-hmm. Just, the, if, I mean, if you look at the music from 1 through 6, a lot of the ancillary music, the battle music, the uh, um, stuff like that, it was all very, very similar. You could hear the influences between one and the other. But, you know, there are special special songs that that each game has which we will get into a, a, a much deeper discussion on as we get to talk about the different games but uh they all have uematsu's fingerprints on them you can tell this is an uematsu song it, it has his feeling it has his magic and when it doesn't you can also tell that oh yes and we'll get into that in just a second Starting in 2001 with Final Fantasy X, Uematsu brought on other people. Uh, Final Fantasy X, um, the composers, Uematsu was still the primary com- uh, composer of, of uh, the music for that, but um, Masashi Hamazu, Hamauzu and Junya Nakano were also brought on to uh, um, complement Uematsu's style. There were differences in their styles, but they, they, they worked very well together. And then um, a little side note, um, some game that I guess exists called Final Fantasy X2 <laughs> <laughs> um, had no music from Final Fantasy X in it. It was, Which com- was, weird. It was completely composed um, by Noriko Matsueda and Ta- Takahiko Eguichi. Uh, they have a more pop style, which is what they wanted for that game. Yeah. I mean, especially given that it's sort of like a, hey, we're in this new world, we've got this stuff going on. It, it, they, they really played an homage to J-pop style within Final Fantasy X-2. They did. And at the time it came out, it was like really booming, so it actually it, it fit. Well, you have to look at the whole of the media culture, but it yeah. did fit. At, at the time, it, it made sense. Oops, pardon me. But Final Fantasy XI, Uematsu was assisted by Naoshi Mizuta and Kumi Tanioka. Um, this was Uematsu's last game as lead composer uh, for a Final Fantasy game working for Square Enix. He actually left uh, in 2004. Yep. And... Uh, um, uh, Mizuta was the main composer for the expansions. So when you're looking at like uh, Seekers, Wings of the Goddess, um, all the different expansions for Final Fantasy XI, um, they took yeah. over. Umatsu was not involved with those. Now I uh, kind of, like uh, Umatsu does amazing work, but I do appreciate that they said, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and give some new voices a chance to shine, get some new styles in there." Yep. Uh, Kumi Tan, uh, Tanioka, uh, FF11 players might remember, uh, they was involved with the Star Onions, kind of their little, their, do they have an equivalent of that for 14? Oh, the Primals, I guess. The primals, yeah. Yeah. But sort of the, hey, here's a little side band that's playing around with the music. 
Uh, you may, a lot of you may also remember her work from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, where she was using a lot of those old-style instruments like the crumb horn and the hurdy-gurdy to really create a sense of a different time. So this was well, kind of the point where you started seeing a bit of those other styles creeping in, a little bit more of like a variety in the musical styles of FF uh, Final Fantasy. You really start seeing those there. But did they use a box or an automaton? I wouldn't have put it past... <laughs> what did Atomaton get uh, invented anyways? I don't know. A while ago. Anyway. Um, and it, now, if you look at Final Fantasy XII, the, the, the theme, the, the, just the, the, the base style of the music of Final Fantasy XII is different from anything else. It has a totally different tone to it. It's kind of... Well, it's I'm not different from anything. It. Hmm? It's not different from anything else if you're... Exp- because it's very reminiscent of a lot of stuff you got from Final Fantasy Tactics or Vagrant Story or other stuff in the Evil East. Yeah, I, su- I suppose, but um, also uh, just check the Automaton was actually developed in 1998. So yeah, it would have been around by then. Holy crap! It's old enough to drink. Let's go have a good time. I yeah. need an Automaton and a bottle of whiskey, stat. <laughs> you and me both. Um. But no, this was the first game. Well, actually, no. Uematsu did contribute one song to Final Fantasy XII, and that was the ending theme, Kiss Me Goodbye. Um, interesting. Now, otherwise, everything else was composed. It was mainly by Hitoshi Sakimoto, um, who was assisted by Hayato Matsuo and Masaharu Iwata. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to apologize if I'm slaughtering these names, I'm doing my best. But um, so you're yeah. putting in effort, which is a lot for most for most people that try. So you're doing fine. All right. So so then 13 was actually the first game that had no songs composed by Uematsu. It was uh, um, Masashi Hamauzu, who was the main composer for 13. And the fact now, that they didn't use the victory theme, it just it it. I don't like that. I am sad. I mean, part of me also <laughs> wondered if some of it was, given that he was no longer part of the company, if there might have been a rights issue. Mm. Uh, it might have been something where they were trying different stuff while they were uh, making decisions on that. Though I, I also know that Blinded by Light, uh, which was like the main battle theme there, I think actually won a number of awards. It's an amazing too. song, don't get me wrong. I love I love a lot of the uh, music from Final Fantasy Thirteen. It has a very upbeat uh, tempo to it. It, uh, it, 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 it's, it's something that I hum quite a bit. Dun, dun, dun. I bought the four disc soundtrack of that because of there was so many really, really good mm-hmm. tracks on it. I was like, no, this is worth owning a copy of. Like, Sunless Waterscape is, is an amazing song. There's, a, there's, I mean, like I said, Square Enix does not um, lack for talent in in their musical departments. Yeah, they have it's always a little bit tricky. Like, because if you've got, hey, you've got this uh, brilliant person like Uematsu who can create all the stuff, who can do this wide variety of things, you like, there's no reason not to exploit that. But at the same time, you kind of want to develop. I always think of newspaper comics. For those of you who do not know, a newspaper would be a set of pieces <laughs> of paper on which news and articles <laughs> of the day would be delivered to your house before the internet. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
I but feel so like okay, my bones boomer. turning to dust. Uh, but so like the newspaper comic section. So it'd be like, okay, there's some funny stuff in there. There's some stuff that like, okay, it's kind of tired, but it's been around for a while and people have gotten from it. But it would become something where it's like, okay, the artist on this has passed away and there's not going to be any more new ones. Okay, this thing has just kind of stopped. Okay, this humor is no longer really relevant to anything. It would be nice to get some new fresh faces in there, to have this as a way to kind of like showcase different styles, uh, let some up-and-coming artists uh, show what they have. But a lot of people would be so resistant to the idea of any kind of change to it. Like if they don't have Beetle and- Bailey, they're going to they're gonna riot. Or Hagar the Horrible. Or Garfield. Like, is the Joker the... Wow. The joke in half of those is being married sucks. What's wrong with you straight people? <laughs> I also I, I do- my brain just got hit with so much stuff in the last 25 seconds. I might need a minute to get it all back. Also, fun fact, Jim Davis has explicitly said um with Garfield, there was no artistic vision. His goal was to create something that would be popular and make a lot of money. Yes. He is very open about that. And also lasagna. Mm. As long as it's not that horrible thing that you were talking about before the show. Oh, the uh, frozen pizza lasagna? Yes, well, let's oh, not talk God, about that, that abomination was... again. Also, why has no one put down Marmaduke yet? Just throwing that out there. Anyway, we were too busy with Beetle Bailey jokes, I guess. Oh, no, not like put down as an insult. Put down like that dog is a terror for the safety of everyone in the neighborhood. Sarah's a monster. Everyone just so I don't know. like Marmaduke, okay? Sorry, I have a lot of opinions. I can tell. So back to Final Fantasy 13 <laughs> yes. music. Oh, yes, so chats for other artists to show off their stuff and start developing the next generation of talent. That was the point of this. I yeah. had a point. And then Final Fantasy XIV rolls around. And uh, Square Enix hires back Uematsu through his um, his own production company. And Uematsu creates the entirety of what we know as Before Meteor. Yep. Oh, God. It would be because he did all the 1.0 music. Yes. It, he, did, he did all the music for Final Fantasy 1.0. Like I said, if you bought the soundtracks, it would be what, everything that's on before Meteor. So it means he did things like Twilight over Thanalan. He did On Windy Meadows. He, he, he did Answers. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of good pieces in it. Like, I kind of like how some of them have a little bit more of a subdued melancholy feel to them. I really love On Windy Meadows. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the type of thing I will put on as, like, music for while I'm working. I'm not going for the high-energy amped-up thing. I'm going for the, like, this is something that's calm and mellow and maybe a little bit thoughtful. There's only so much Eurobeat that you can work to. Yeah. That said, Primal Judgment kind of forgettable hot take but kind of forgettable compared to the other primal themes with our uh, good friend masayoshi soken well, and all the very torn from the heavens isn't that torn from it... the heavens is brutal i love that song i, I want to say yeah. that that's from 1.0 is it not i don't think so i mean just let me check i'm trying to remember 
I'm trying to remember which one was. Uh, it was comp- uh, torn by the from the heavens. Was composed by Soken. Okay, so that one would have come in. Uh, was that from two point or three point Okay. There's one that I'm trying to think of that is it's from. Um. Oh, uh, where does 1. it appear? Uh, it's it's in it's t- towards the end, I believe. I want to say it, uh, it has to do with um with nail. You're, are you thinking of Rise of the White Raven? Maybe. That might Corvus be Fortis, yeah. Corvus Fortis, Corvus Fortis Ascendet. Sure. I was a little shaky at the end there. <laughs> the effort was made. Thank you. Imperium, Imperium, Imperium Ave, Ave, Imperium Ave. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. don't make me mute you. you. <laughs> okay, first off, that was frighteningly in sync. <laughs> Second, you can't interrupt it in the middle of the crescendo. Yes, we can. Mute. <laughs> oh. Okay, done. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Banned. No, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, am I actually muted? You were for a second, but I unmuted okay. you almost right away. I was okay. I was kidding. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. I was no. I was going to comment some more stuff, and I was like, I should probably make sure I'm not actually muted before I start commenting. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, Primal Judgment, the Ifrit music is like it's not like it's okay. This is a big uh, climactic battle and all that. But I really like what Sokin did with the hey, you uh, having the Primal music be kind of the prayers given by their followers. Like it gives us. It lets it be a bit more elite motif It kind of yeah. lets the primal develop into their own characters. Mm-hmm. Well, I think... Th- I, I don't know if they had it, the uh, stories fully fleshed out when 1.0 was released. Or in development. We will never know. But, no, we've been you know, making this up as we go, dude. Yeah, but, um, but I mean, when, I when, that, when Yoshida kind of took over that, uh, um, and, and brought on... Uh, you know, the different crew to kind of help with that. I think he wanted to expand upon a lot of that and, and give each of these um, quote-unquote deities their own feelings so that, you know, when Sokin came in and he wrote um, um, Fallen Angel, when he wrote um, Under the Weights, when he wrote all those other primal themes, you know, he was given the Arguably leeway to do the so. Masters, uh, Anvil, is that what it's called? The one that they use for Ultima. Whichever one, I can't recall. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, I think they was give, they were given that you know they they had an idea where they wanted to go with it, and they wanted the music to tell the story as much as uh, you know the, the the storytellers were. Yeah, yeah, no, music is a fantastic way to tell a story, to evoke aspects of a character, to give a, a set of feelings. Like, look at earlier when we were talking about the version of difference between the major and minor pitched versions of the Moogle theme, and just how much that changed the mood of it. Yep, it made it from from a happy-go-lucky to very melancholy. And a little bit scary. Yeah, it went from, well, oh, it's cute, it's funny, ooh, it has a knife, that's cool, oh, it has a spear, that's cool, oh, but it's still kind of cute and funny, thank you for helping me save my friend in this cave. Oh, sweet Jesus, it's huge, there's seven of them, I'm on fire, the bard is dead, oh god, oh god, oh god, Heavensward was a mess. Like, <laughs> just that key is enough to go from, I remember having three parties of these in Final Fantasy VI and having a really good time with it, to... Oh fuck! Oh fuck! I haven't done this battle synced in a really long time. Somebody stop the black mage from casting flare. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, also, God. Want to throw in a fun librarian side fact, uh, talking about 1.0 and what their plans were. In the, uh, in the assets that shipped on the disc, Silver Tier Lake was named Insert Lake Name Here, or some equivalent of that. <laughs> like, it did not actually get its name until it was downloaded in, from the day one patch. Hmm. Interesting. That's right. I have the There's disc. I should a- take a look at that. There's a lot about one that I thought was interesting and intriguing, and there was a lot that was a hot mess. All right. So basically, you know, when SE hired Oematsu Studio, which is was named Smile Please, which is kind of a neat little name. Um, That's this, cute. This was the first game in almost 10 years to be solely composed by Uematsu since Final Fantasy IX back in 2000. So. Um, but uh, uh, the reboot and the expansions were composed by Soken, Tsuyoshi Sakito, and Ryo Yamazaki. Uh, with Uematsu, of course, contributing Dragon Song and Revolutions for, uh, as, as the main themes for 3.0 and 4.0. Um, but unfortunately, 5.0 did not feature a song from Uematsu because he had uh, become ill in 2018. Yeah, which means that 5.0's iconic theme is very different in feel from Dragon Song and Revolutions, mm-hmm. which Correct. also kind of fits with the hey, we want to go to a complete other world. So having an otherworldly, very different in style thing kind of helps it force that tonal shift. But oddly, also does not feature Susan Calloway. Yeah, because I an- did notice that. That was very strange. Yeah, because Answers, Dragon Song, and Revolutions all have. Susan Calloway as the vocalist, whereas when Soken created uh, "One Brings Shadow, One Brings Light," he, de- yep. he, you know, he definitely went with a, a more masculine tone because it was a lot darker feel. Yeah, which again I think is a, like we are going to a completely different world, and to, well, yes, in order we to are. really enforce L- the literally. no, we're in a completely different world. Kind of like throwing out all the rules works. Like True. it may. I think it's a case of they're making lemons out of the lemonade of like Uematsu taking ill and having to change the stuff. Uh, certainly, maybe because of that, but then saying, okay, given that, like we were talking about earlier, given this limitation that we've been put under, what can we do and what can we evoke and how can we work with that? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would say that, you know, uh, ARR and all of the expansions have definitely been put into, uh, masterful hands with Soken at the helm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But you know, I, I do think that um, if it had not been for Uematsu and what he brought to Final Fantasy, to Square Enix, I don't think that the music for these games would be nearly as good. Who would we have? I couldn't tell you because I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Literally, I don't know. Most of the names that I've seen here, I don't know. But uh, with that, you know, I don't know if people really paid attention to who the musical composer was for video games for a very long time. And now there's such a, like, we just think, oh, video game is made by, usually we thought of the publisher, and that was as far as we went. Mm -hmm. 
But now with the advent of how we can share media, how we can talk, how we can explain things, we can sit here and talk about different composers Mm -hmm. for 90 minutes for one game franchise, for one game company. We haven't talked artists, programmers, game designers, level designers. We can look at a level and go, huh, this level feels familiar. Oh, it's the same level designer from this other company from this completely other genre. Yeah, Mr. Ozma did this one. Yeah, you can see you can you can see Yoko Taro's influence on 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 the battle with you know in in uh, the near raid. You can you can feel uh, Nomura's uh, hand when you look at uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And not just that, like, it's not just that we see this, but this becomes a selling point. They'll say, oh, hey, this is from the uh, same person who brought you such and such. It's weird to compare to uh, the, uh, like, the early Atari game, Adventure, had one of the first Easter eggs because the people were told they were not allowed to sign their name or mm-hmm. be credited on any part of it. And so someone buried his name in there as a little hidden thing. Which was discovered 30 years after the, the game was published. But it's such a far cry from, okay, like this is this thing where you, the individual does not matter to, hey, the individual artist becomes a selling point. Mm-hmm. I will say this. How many people were pre-ordering and ready to buy the Final Fantasy VII remake because we knew that it was from Square Enix, because we knew it was Final Fantasy VII, because we knew Nomura was working on it. Because we knew yeah. that Uematsu was uh, helping with some of the music, because, you know... yeah. The original writers from the game signed back on to to recreate it. If I was told, hey, a company is making a game, do you want to support it? I'm going to go, well, I don't know. That doesn't really sound like something I'm interested in doing it. And then somebody goes, okay, so it's the guys from Bungie that originally decided to leave Microsoft and the same ones that helped them leave Activision and they've teamed up with Volition and Deep Silver and I'm like fuck yeah here's a thousand dollars give me whatever they make that sounds amazing I don't even know what it's gonna be and it sounds great I threw in on a Kickstarter based almost entirely on the strength of Matsuno's name well I, I did the same yeah. thing for uh, Pillars of Eternity because it was an Obsidian game and, and, yeah. and it brought in writers like Chris Avalon and you know People who who had done a lot of stuff with with that with the genre that it was you know, it, it, yes, the people who are creating the games are now being recognized for their talents, and and it it should be the same for the music. And I'm glad that we're seeing that. And you know, a lot of these names were not were unknown to us for years, but you know, yeah. the fact that now we can look at it and say, oh yes, it was this person. And, and what they did is amazing. You can see their influence here, here, and here. And the person that worked with them afterwards was also influenced. And you see that there. And it, it, it's mind-blowing. I, I appreciate it. that a lot of people have been going back and trying to find those informa- that information for older games. Like taking your random NES or SNES game and digging through the credits, getting all the names out of it. So we can uh, trace, oh yeah, this person, he was involved with this thing. Now I see a lot of the stuff of the early influences. Yeah. And then let's uh, let's go ahead and finish up. We have one more to quick to talk about before sure. we jump into the uh, the last bit. Uh, the the last mainline game, Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, this one was uh, basically uh, written by Yoko Shimamura, and uh, she had been on uh, the uh, the Versus thirteen project since the beginning. So she Thanks. was working on this for ten years. 
Uh, she actually has a long history in the uh, game industry. Her mm-hmm. stuff goes back to 1988. Oh, yes. But, I mean, the fact that, that yeah. she stayed on when um, this game had so many different uh, iterations and thoughts. I think the game was basically rewritten three times in, in completely during that 10-year yeah. period. And you can still see stuff where you're just like, oh, look, he's definitely supposed to be a Lissy, like with some mm-hmm. of his powers. Like, you could still see that, but yeah, yeah that's I 10 years. Yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, God. I am oh. never going to get tired of that. No, don't. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, it's true. I mean, but if it hadn't been for Uematsu in the beginning, you know, we wouldn't be talking about any of this. I'm throwing this in here. We have gone this entire show and we haven't touched Yasunori Mitsuda yet. I mean, like, there's still so much. Oh, I mean, I've only talked about the uh, uh, the main lines. I mean, there are all, I yeah. mean, we there's also tactics. There are Crystal Chronicles. There is all the uh, um, all of the different uh, um, g- um, subclass subgenre. Mm-hmm. The you know thirteen two thirteen three. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't, this is not a comprehensive thing. If you want a comprehensive, I did utilize Wikipedia for this. Thank you so much. I'm going to link them right now. Um, uh, to that end, for our listeners, and whether you're on the podcast or you're watching us on Twitch, uh, let us know what you guys want to talk about the next time we do a music episode. Mm-hmm. Do we want to go in-depth on a specific game? Do we want to go in-depth on a specific style of music? Yeah, do we want to talk about Maybe battle we want music? To talk about the yeah, yeah, I mean that that's a big thing too. I mean, or do we want to just go down in order? Do we want to start with the beginning? Do we want to start with one? I mean, do we want to go with what people would consider probably the one of the greatest uh, musical scores in in Final Fantasy VI? Um, yep. We want to start with the game that we're playing right now, Final Fantasy XIV. You know, what do you want to hear? Um, let us know. Yeah. We'd love to hear back from you guys to figure out. Uh, which uh, play? Which way we should start with this? Because I mean, we could easily get a couple of dozen uh, segments on this. Having every character in six have their own leap motif, really. Oh man. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Beyond that, then I mean, the music is so iconic; it actually spawned multiple traveling concert series. Um, the most notable being Distant Worlds, um, which is a full orchestral. Um, or traveling organization that uh, does beautiful um, covers of Final Fantasy themes and travels across the globe to bring it to fans. Hell, their name is uh, taken from a Final Fantasy song. Final Fantasy yep. from Final Fantasy XI, correct? Distant worlds together. Yep, eleven. Song, yep. Sung by which, Susan um, Calloway. Which an NPC is even singing in the uh, in the Weavers Guild. Wait, are you serious? Yes! Holy shit, that's awesome. The one who's sitting spinning thread? Like, she occasionally pops up a little dialogue box where she's singing some of the lyrics of that. Hmm. I know where I'm teleporting to as soon as the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have not had a chance to see Distant Worlds, once this whole uh, it, pandemic it, thing it, is it, uh, it, over it. and they resume their, their touring schedule, go check them out. I, I got to see them... I consider doing an show. They, I've seen that they're gonna they were gonna do something on the web through uh, ASEN Anime Central. I think it was a Q and A thing, but mm. 
I think because I, I think ASEN is doing a lot of uh, um, online stuff for their con because the uh, majority of it was closed, but they wanted to still do something for the fans. Right. But uh, Distant I, Worlds has also been known for using local performers for a lot of their shows because they mm -hmm. just they, they travel with a lot of stuff and a lot of their chairs um, are mains that they travel with. But like the fill out, like the rest of the orchestra is the actual orchestras from specific towns that we go to. So like when I went and saw it in Portland, they had a choir backing them for a couple of the songs, uh, Liberi Fatili, uh, for example. And, and one week we were standing <laughs> one week angel, things like that. As we were standing outside uh, chatting, um, some one of the people in the uniform, obviously part of the choir, I said, Hey, thank you for your performance tonight. You know, the choir was amazing. You know, please pass that on to your your vocal coaches and she goes oh thank you so much and like i heard her voice and she smiled and she had this like ridiculously oversized set of braces and i stopped and i looked at my girlfriend and my friend and i looked at the girl's mom and i was like may i ask a rude question the mom goes sure and i look at the girl and go what year were you born <laughs> and the girl goes 2001 and i just about collapsed into dust i was like oh my god you're singing tracks from Final Fantasy VIII. You weren't alive when that game came out. I mean, to be fair, that's true of <laughs> classical music. Yes, but that's hundreds Ow. of years. That's giraffe money levels of numbers. This is Ow. like, oh God, I was in high school when this came out and you were not in existence yet as a person. <laughs> Don't mind me, I'm just over here making your reminders of mortality worse. <laughs> It was such a crazy concept. But then I, as we were driving home, I thought about it and my roommates and I were talking. We just went, the fact that she wasn't alive when it came out, she could still perform it and enjoyed performing it with her peers and enjoyed this entire experience. And we're coming in as people that played this game when it came out. Mm -hmm. We both approached this exact same event from completely different starting points and we both had a really positive cool experience Absolutely. i mean there's more than one reason i made the comparison to classical music yeah it's just it's insanely cool it was mm -hmm. so much fun um and then besides yeah, I, go ahead uh, i want to throw in i remember especially uh, with some of the earlier concerts in the series seeing news articles that we're talking about and sometimes they would interview uh like the various orchestras and performers doing it and Especially early on, there was a mix between, hey, this is really cool, I think it's fun that we get to do new, exciting, fresh stuff, an occasional, yes, I actually play these games, I'm so excited, and then some people who are like, ugh, it feels so demeaning to do this. Like, these are just games. That latter one I've seen a lot less expression of over uh, the years. Because as they look at it, I mean, if you look at the music from a musical perspective, a lot of it is genius. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you first hear, to get used to the idea. Mm -hmm. When you first hear video game music, you think da 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 da. da. Exactly. <laughs> what you think is the the Mario athletic theme, right? You don't think answers off the top of your head unless you're steeped in the media environment at which point yeah you do think of I, answers and dragon song you don't think one wing angel you don't think of the uh, the aria from six you don't think no. of you bring, know, it, bring it back on the another, big bridge uh, bring <laughs> it back a decade or so and maybe you're thinking of like pac-man and things like that was there actually, sound effects was there actually no music thanks. in pac-man 
I think there were like some light little things, and then there was also the boop, 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 boop. There's music between levels. The actual playability, there is no background music. It's like the cute little jingle in between levels. Yep. Well, I suppose Donkey Kong had... But yeah, which was... trying to jump barrels. Right. But no, I mean... The complexity and uh, um, beauty that we've been able to get from from music now, it's just, it's night and day. Yeah. Technology. Sometimes just, technology is what's allowing I'll, it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just be, like, uh, humming one of the two. Like, I uh, would hum Eternal Wind when I was at work, and people would be like, oh, what's that? It's really pretty. Oh, yeah, from three? <laughs> and so on. All right. Um... On the opposite side of the spectrum from Distant Worlds is a small chamber orchestra uh, group called A New World Final Fantasy. Um, it's a group of, it's about a 13-piece uh, chamber orchestra that uh, travels and plays in small intimate venues and does a an, an, another number of different Final Fantasy-themed uh, songs. And I've actually gotten to see them twice, and it is an amazing experience to, to hear um, the differences in, in the, the smaller scale, but uh, the feeling is still there, and they put in a lot of work and effort to do that. Like, I kind of feel like I'd want to be wearing a smoking jacket and carrying a snifter of brandy. Well... <laughs> like, it just sounds fancy! <laughs> it, it, it's more casual, I think, because a lot of it's held in smaller bars. You're, 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 they're playing for about 100 to 150 people instead of three, okay. three so to 4,000. Maybe not Snifter of Brandy in that case. Now you see, like, that, that would be so cool as opposed to seeing, like, I've only seen um, Distant World, so I've only seen the full orchestral where there's thousands of us. Mm-hmm. Same. Yep. Like I said, I went to a, a Distant Worlds back uh, last March, and uh, like I said, it was amazing. Um, I highly recommend going, but like I said, it was at a large theater and I think that one holds about 3,000 people at its uh, full capacity um, versus I've seen Distant Worlds twice and like I said it was at a, a, a bar and there was about 100 people in the audience you'd always be there in the corner but the fact that time. it was really nice because the, the last time that we went to Distant Worlds, we actually got the meet and greet tickets. So we actually went Ooh. up and talked with um, the conductor and uh, Benjamin Nuss was the, uh, the, is the is the traveling pianist that goes with um, the Distant Worlds. And uh, he is just a, a amazing to talk with. It was nice to be able to go. That and- would be fun. I haven't gotten a chance to meet him. He is. Yeah. That is something that's on my list now. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. If you get a chance to to see, literally, if 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 once everything clears up, if a distant world is, or if no, a new world is in your area, go see it. It's go. not expensive. I think uh, the meet and greet tickets cut were like sixty bucks a piece. That's. I mean, you, that's you, like the low tier distant worlds tickets. Yeah, I mean, well, that's I think yeah. I, I I got nosebleed tickets for distant worlds, so we I think we spent about fifty bucks for that, and that didn't include any meet and greet. Whereas, like I said, for 60, 65 bucks, we got to actually, uh, after the uh, show, we, we went up and we, I, we shook hands with, uh, um, I believe uh, it was uh, uh, Eric Roth was uh, the... Uh, oh, Artie Roth? No, you mean? Eric, no, uh, Tim. Is it, is it Arnie and Tim? 
I think it's Arnie and Tim. Yeah. Yeah. So my apologies. I I, I have too many names in my head. <laughs> There's too many good people that make yes. Final Fantasy music. Ar- Ar- Arnie Roth is the uh, conductor for Distant Worlds. Mm-hmm. And um, well, let me let me look this up just to make sure I get the right name because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Like it kind of feels like something that might be fun to dress up just a little bit for. Like, you, hey, we're you going absolutely to can. Uh, Eric Roth. Oh, I was okay. right. I was right the first time. Um, met Eric Roth and Benjamin Nuss, and uh, it was myself and Yelta and Nick Nar. Um, I believe, yeah. Um, Pixie was there with us too, and it was such a fun time. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. Hmm. Um, highly recommend. Um, absolutely go. Um, but that those aren't the only ones. Those are the biggest ones, and they've been going for the past five, six years, I suppose. Or has uh, um, Distant Worlds been going for longer than that? Now I know they have five uh, albums out now. I can tell you that I think it was Distant Worlds. The first, uh, whatever, one of the earliest concerts was in 2005 because I went to it just before I graduated college. That was at the Walt Disney Hall in uh, Los Angeles. And I know there was one, the the precursor to Distant Worlds was, I believe... um, uh, in Chicago, and it was called um, something Friends. Dear Friends. Dear yeah. Friends. That may have been the one that I went to. Yes. Because yep. I know the one I went to was like one of the first ones that they actually had in uh, the U.S. And that became Distant Worlds. Yep. Yeah, Dear Friends was actually scheduled for Seattle. I had tickets. It got canceled. I got refunds and then went, or yeah, Dear Friends was scheduled. And then when Distant Worlds came out, I was like, oh, I want tickets. I went to buy them. And then as soon as I bought them, I got a phone call from Benaroya Hall. They're like, you know, you had credit, right? And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, from that other Final Fantasy concert that we canceled like ages ago. (laughs) So I got an accidental. I accidentally got a uh, because they couldn't refund me because of the way their system worked. So instead, they just upgraded my tickets. And then I was like, cool, I have these tickets. I bought two tickets. I had nobody to go with. So I just ended up going and sitting next to an empty chair. Put your feet up. I did. It was kind of sad, but it was fine. All right. Let's kind of finish up here. Um, yep, yep. There was Let's get you to bed, my dude. Lately, or uh, some of the newer ones they've started touring with now, there's actually a Final Fantasy XIV orchestra that has uh, had a couple of tour dates. And there's also, there are plans to do a Final Fantasy VII remake orchestra that will, uh, I'm sure they will tour once this whole... Uh, um, Thing. They're figuring stuff out. Yeah, once once everything kind of gets back to normal, they, they they had a tour planned for a number of the Final Fantasy VII remake songs, which are beautiful. Such a good yeah. job. Um, and they also spawned a few side groups, uh, like the Star Onions, the Black Mages, and of course our favorite uh, Soken led group, the Primals. Bow Just, down, Overdweller. Under, under the, the weight. see what this music does to us i mean it it gets us sitting here talking for an hour and a half about music uh, it's great a little over an hour we've been talking about the music and i figured this would be probably about uh, 25 minutes worth of content and we stretched it out to an hour (laughs) hey it's us several of those like i didn't even mean to like it just our plan is just like singing along practically by reflex yeah i mean Mm -hmm. the the thing with final fantasy music is when you 
really appreciate the game, the music becomes something else to you. It be, it's a part of you then. And, and, and you, yes. you, you just can't help but uh, revel in it. And it, it just, it, yeah. it's such a happy thing. Like, I've started humming various pieces just for the, hey, I kind of could use the mood uh, that this gives me. It's like, it becomes this thing that's, like, worked really deep into that. This music is associated with this uh, feeling, with this situation. Like, it, and it just did such a great job of conveying a set of feelings of becoming associated with a moment, with a thought. Yeah, and and if you ah. enjoy this music, Square Enix has uh, produced a number of soundtracks. Um, there are literally dozens of Final Fantasy soundtracks available through different um, mediums. You can buy physical copies. You can get digital copies. I strongly recommend looking at Apple uh, Music, um, Google Music, going to Amazon, where your your local uh, uh, music store went if it's open. You know. Oh, uh, remember when the only distance. option. Remember when the only options were super expensive imports with all the liner notes in Japanese or slightly sketchy Napster downloads? Or, or, or some weird guy on, 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 on pulling something out of his trunk, maybe? Or like <laughs> at, on, at the side of, a, of an anime convention? Or, or, or a weird dealer table that, that, that pulled out just some odd stuff? Okay, I was about to say no, but then you said at a convention, I was like, okay, that's fair. I didn't go to very many conventions. <laughs> I definitely had access to Kidokuniya. There's a location in Seattle, and I would find the code for the actual CD in Japan. And I'd be like, hey, can you guys get me a copy of this? And they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. And they'd bring it in, and it would be exorbitantly expensive. But I would show up, and I would buy it, and then people would see me buying it. They'd be like, do, do you have more of those? Can I get a copy? Can I get a copy? And they're like, oh, God. <laughs> and then after a while, I was like, hey, can I get a copy of these two CDs? And it was soundtracks for an anime. And they're like, okay, sure, cool. And when I got there, they were like, oh, right, you're the Beck dude. And I was like, I'm the whatever, sure. And they pulled out <laughs> two boxes, opened both, pulled a CD out of each, and handed them to me. And I was like, what are you doing? And they were like, Dude, do you have any idea how much random crap we have sold because of you? <laughs> so then I just, every time I came over and I wanted Final Fantasy soundtracks, they were like, yeah, we have them. We just hold one or two of each one until you or one of your friends shows up. And if you guys haven't shown up in a couple of weeks, we put them out. Nice. We were that notorious for buying Final Fantasy music. And it was $50, $60 a CD. Yeah. It sounds like it was something where there was an appetite for it, just that no one knew until someone started actually asking. It was 1997, 1998, right. 1999. I mean, we were riding the bus down there. We weren't old enough to drive yet. Like, it was crazy long time ago. But because of that, all of a sudden, Kinokuniya got known for having a massive, massive music selection and they started doing custom orders. They don't even have CDs on file anymore. They just do custom orders because it's easier. Nice. Yeah, I, so, I can see that. Final yeah, Fantasy helped a company somehow. The world Oops. is weird. Thank you, it Uematsu. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Uematsu-san. Arigato gozaimashita. What so, he said, my pronunciation sucks. So yeah, that is basically... Uh, that, that is uh, an overview a very high level overview and we got pretty in depth but that's still very high level 
We could go so into the weeds if we wanted to. Like I said, this is going to be a, a couple dozen parts, potentially. I'm looking at my base. I have been staring at my base this entire episode. Do you have any idea how obnoxious it is that I'm not playing it right now? Because <laughs> you want you want to start playing a few a few beats from something in Final Fantasy. Possibly. Oh, my hand is kind of healed, so I can actually play again. So that'll be good. All right. So yeah, definitely let us know what you guys want us to discuss on on the next um, music of Final Fantasy segment. We'll come up with a, a, a schnazzy name for that or something like that you know because we've got the Lorebrarians Corner, we've got the Prep Station. We just we need to come up with something for the music. So other than jam session, mm, that might be an interesting one. But we, maybe if we can get something that's a little that slash perform slash perform. That's a little harder to convey. Yeah, and it, it's it's very Final Fantasy fourteen. Maybe we can come with something else, but we'll, it's a work in progress. As of now, unnamed musical segment. <laughs> well, it's going to be like Untitled have, Goose Game. You yeah. have to be really careful because saying stuff like that, yeah, you end up with Untitled Goose Game and Bodie McBoatface. Like, yeah. you're not wrong, and in fact, you are technically correct. The best kind of correct. I've used that a lot tonight. You know. okay with that. <laughs> well, guys, that is going to do it for this episode. If you like what you heard on this one, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us here on uh, twitch.tv slash radio. Or if you're listening on the podcast, make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, or whatever uh, uh, podcatcher you happen to use. Um, and if possible, try and leave us a rating or review. It really does help others in the community find our podcast as well as lets us know what you guys are thinking of the show. If you really dig the show, like I said, you can consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash Phoenix on radio and get access to a number of subscriber only emotes. Um, and uh, you can also, uh, if you want to support us out on patreon.com slash Phoenix radio, like our amazing friend, Aurori Fenrir. Um, at that point, when you, when you support us in that way, um, the, the the it helps to cover things like the hosting costs um all the behind the scenes stuff help us to improve the quality of our show of our stream um and allows us to do some fun things as well but whatever kind of support whether it's emails likes tweets or retweets subs donations whatever it's always greatly appreciated because we just love interacting with you guys and we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't enjoy hanging out with all of you you want to check out all of the uh, backlog of our uh, podcasts, you can go to our website, phoenixstarradio.com. If you have a question, a uh, recommend, uh, recommendation of something we should cover in the uh, upcoming music um, segments, or uh, just want to say hi, you can email us, podcast at phoenixstarradio.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at phxdnradio. All right, who wants to start with shout-outs before we end this thing? I barely did anything this week. I'm not sure I have shout outs. Um, well, maybe somebody who did something to help, you know. That okay. Uh, shout out to my friends Jay and Kelly who have been running uh, board game evenings on Tabletopia. Uh, it's a ser- service with a lot of free options that uh, lets you play board games online, similar uh, interface to Tabletop Simulator, and getting to hang out with people and roll some dice, even figuratively, was a really nice break from things. So shout out to them. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at FF14Sayer. That's FF 
X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R. Uh, you can also find me at our Discord server, which I'm generally keeping an eye on. Uh, happy to answer lore questions or shoot the shirt about whatever you like. All right. Talas? Uh, shout out to my bandmates on uh, Challenger Deep for working on figuring out a set list and what songs we want to rotate through. It's been a lot of fun talking about music with you guys for the last few days. Uh, shout outs to my free company for not completely falling apart while I took a small break. Uh, because, <laughs> like, I come back and, like, there's a bunch of new people, and there's also a bunch of people that aren't in the free company anymore. So, apparently, some stuff happened while I was gone, and I need to figure that out. Uh, but shout outs to my friends on Unity. You guys are amazing. And how can people get a hold of you? Uh, find me at Twitter at Talis Marvelous, T A L I Z Marvelous. I post a lot of crap about cars uh, and travel. Very cool. And I always, as always, want to shout out to you two for joining me tonight. Thank you, Talis and Sarah, for uh, being a part of this, helping me to, uh, you know, flesh out this topic um, that I started yesterday. Full disclosure. <laughs> like I said, when, when you go back to work, if it, you know, my entire schedule changed and I have to get used to, you know, getting through all of that. So it's like, even without that schedules are just weird right now. Yeah. I mean, I would have had Great. more time to work on it though, but it's like, I didn't even know what we were going to discuss until like probably Friday night at about, uh, midnight or something like that. It's like, Hmm, what should we talk about? And then, it came together and I hopefully you guys all enjoyed it. Shout out to everybody listening out on the podcast. Uh, to those of you joining us here live at twitch.tv slash radio, thank you so much. Shout out to everybody who's been joining us at, uh, um, you know, on the random streams, especially the ones where we're doing a lot of Twitch sings. Oh my God, I've been having so much fun with that. For those of you who are not aware, we are doing Extra Life again. And I have decided that anytime I am doing Twitch sings, if you make a donation to our Extra Life campaign, I will sing whatever you want. And uh, the other night, our good friend Ko, um, who is a uh, um, member of the uh, Kugane Koban Crushers, um, speaking of which, we need to talk about that on the next show. Oh shit! Yeah, we do. That actually just ended. I feel oh god, bad. did we miss it? We missed it. <laughs> Crap! All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. I. I Oops. It, it was like. I do not remember any announcements about that. I don't either. Maybe, anyway, I'm just wondering if maybe your your uh, um, notifications were turned off on the channels. Boy, maybe. Anyway, anyway, um, they, he joined us. Uh, he joined me in one of those streams, and he donated during the extra to our extra life campaign, and he had me sing um, "Fox on the Run" by Sweet. In this voice, and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> in fairness a friend of mine asked like so you have co-hosts and i go well yeah you know i got i i got added later i've been the third host and they're like okay can you kind of like describe your co-hosts because i know you but i don't know who they are and i said well here's a video of klaus singing million dollars by bare naked ladies <laughs> so that was how a friend of mine was introduced to you was you duetting yourself singing million dollars I mean, by, by bare naked ladies in all fairness that was an amazing duet. That was freaking hilarious. But like that's when that's your first intro to somebody, you know, there's nowhere to go but uphill and it's going to be great. 
or or downhill, depending on and how much you like bare naked naked ladies. So it might actually be downhill because like that was pretty great. <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, if if you had introduced them to me duetting myself on uh, Never Gonna Give You Up, that might have been you know maybe a little bit higher mm. bar to uh, have to keep up with. Rough. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you guys see that we are streaming Twitch Sings and you want to donate to an amazing charity and make me embarrass the hell out of myself, please feel free to donate to our Extra Life campaign and uh, have me pick a song. Let's do it for the kids. So for my co... Uh, you, can, you can follow me at uh, PHXD and underscore K-L-A-U-S-S on Twitter. Uh, as you can tell, I'm more um, worried about keeping the show going than promoting myself. So that's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, for my co-hosts, Sarah Tomono, and for Talos Marvelous, I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of phoenixdownradio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash GuitarWanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.